I tried to come up with um, all kinds of other ideas. Uh, I guess while you were ladies were in ladies retreat, I, I get to be blessed. Uh, and Brother Ruder, you remember this. Uh, the board has this tradition of having a devotional before we start any business. And of course, prayer and devotion and, and these, um, these things that we do every day before we start doing man's business uh, on behalf of the name of God. And uh, I got to hear some incredible preaching just sitting in the boardroom, and I was blessed. In fact, there's some things I'm going to steal. I don't know that I asked permission, but I'm going to steal some of the thoughts of some of those men. They were they were flat out preaching to your pastor. And I'm like, I don't know what the ladies are getting, but I am getting. In fact, there was one moment when my wife was waiting to come into the boardroom uh, to be interviewed for her license, and the preaching was going on, and I kept thinking, I got to ask and bring her here. This is so good, I want her to hear this. And, and of course we didn't because I ended up taking the conversation over for 15 minutes and then she was 20 minutes sitting out in the hallway and waiting to come in. It was her husband's fault. So um, really good, good uh, ministering uh, moments for your pastor um, sitting there. You're in Nehemiah, you're going to go to verse number 1. Nehemiah verse number 1. Uh, when you find that, stand with me. I hope you're there. I gave you a little bit of time. If you're not, just fake it. Make your neighbor think you know how to use your Bible. Just keep it open somewhere and nod your head. I know some of you do that. I couldn't find Nehemiah. Just open it up and fake it. It's an Old Testament book, so if you're in the wrong half of the Bible, we know you're faking it. You need to be at least in the bottom uh, half of the Bible. So, Nehemiah, if you're in Job, just go backwards if you are. Esther. You're getting close, Nehemiah. That's backwards from the middle. It's not a book that we often preach from, or at least I haven't traditionally preached from, but I began thinking about this this morning. Um, and I don't know if it's just lack of sleep or if it's just, um, I just have something burning in me. And I, I want to encourage me, so I, I just you can just listen along. Nehemiah chapter 8 verse number 1 says this, And all the people gathered themselves as one man into the street before the water gate. Everybody say water gate. Water and they spoke to Ezra the scribe to bring the book of the law of Moses, which Jehovah had commanded to Israel. So they're standing by the very source of water. They're, they're, they're standing by a place that if that gate just opened up, that water would come rushing in. And they had gathered. They had gathered as one man. I, I, I really want you to look at the church service that we have here in Marathon and all the other campuses. But I want you to put your mind into this place. They're out to have church. But before they had church, they had to get together as one man. And they had to go to the source or to this gate of water. This, this, this gate that would be holding back water. And they had gathered right in front of the guy. I'm looking at, as I began preparing for this, I began thinking of this image of the pulpit. And I'm looking at you and you're gathered as one. And, and basically you're saying, I need something, Pastor. I need something refreshing. I, God has got to touch me today. Okay, and so the people had done this. In verse 2, And Ezra the priest brought the law before the congregation, both men and women, and all that could hear with understanding upon the first day of the seventh month. And verse number 3 said, He read it before the street of the front of the water gate. So he's standing right here. This altar is the only thing that's separating you between you and the touch that you need. 
the, the, the whole point of this church service is, is to get you to a place where you can stand in God's presence. So there is an altar call we're going to have at the end. That altar call hopefully will be the refreshing that you so desire. But there's some things you've got to understand. And so there they are and Ezra the priest is standing there saying, I've got the people here and the water is here. The anointing can flow. And, and, and there's this tense moment. You know? I, I mean, all the people that can understand. I, the kids are distracted and the kids are running and they don't understand what's going on. That's good. Let kids be good. I, uh, kids, I love, I love kids. Let them, let them go. But all those that are understanding, they're saying, i got to get something. Okay. Now watch this. He said... In verse 4, and Ezra the scribe stood upon a pulpit of wood, which was which they had made for that purpose. Now, you can flip through there, and, and, and there was men on one side and men on the other side described their names and who was on the left and who was on the right. All the men had, had done what they were supposed to have done. Now, I'm so glad that we've got ministers here. Brother Jimmy has done what he's supposed to do. And Brother Tyler has done what he's supposed to do. And Brother Jose has been praying in the altar and done what he's supposed to do. And Brother Reuter is here. And Brother Larry is here. And all the men that are here, we've done what we're supposed to do. And then it comes down to this moment. One man standing in a pulpit that was made for that purpose. I, I mean, do you see the image? Am I, am, I, am I stretching this too far? Do you understand what the foreshadow here, what the Old Testament is trying to point to? Yeah. This moment where the water... Now, skip down to verse 5. You'll be seated in a minute. And Ezra opened up the book in the sight of all the people, for he was above all the people, and when he had opened it, all the people... It's like I'm reading your mail today, isn't it? It's like we're right there and Ezra has stepped into the pulpit and the Bible has been opened and all the people stood up. Oh, it's just tradition, Pastor. It's, I, I know it's just what Marathon does. When I, I was in a different church. We didn't stand during the reading of the Word. We sat. Oh, okay, I, I understand. But here we are. The floodgate, the, the water gate is right here. That gate that can rise in a moment of time and refresh your soul. That, that gate that you've been saying, if I can just get one more touch, I'm no lazy. You're worn out, you're tired. But, but if you just help me understand the purpose of a Sunday morning service is not to collect your money. It's not so that you can hear the program. It's not so that we sing the right songs. It's, it has nothing to do with that. It has your need in mind. So there he stands and the people stood up and verse number 6 and Ezra pressed Jehovah the great God and all the people answered Amen, Amen. 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 Once because they wanted to Brother Neary says. Once because they were asked to and, one, and the second time because they wanted to. Amen, Amen. amen. This is where the Spanish church gets an Amen, Amen. We don't do that in English. Amen. It's like, well that's enough. We're too lazy to give the second Amen. Alright. And so they stood and they said, Amen, Amen. They lifted up their hands and bowed their head and worshipped Jehovah with their faces to ground. Their hands were raised. Their head was down. They worshipped. This, this is what this pastor sees too many times in this church. And I know that you're hurting. And I know that the world has eaten you up. And I know all that's come against you this week. And I know that the hate and the, the pain and the problem and church till 3 or 4 every Sunday afternoon because I hear all of the issues 
issues and you come in and say I'm worshiping and your head is to the ground and your face is looking towards the ground and you're saying that this is worshiping. The problem is this isn't going to help you. You're going to leave and Monday your face is still going to be looking on the ground and your tears are still going to be flowing and your hands may be up but your head is down. This doesn't fix the problem because you'll be back in my office on Wednesday or Thursday. You'll be sitting back in my office on Sunday saying, Pastor, it's not working. People are looking like this. Now watch, watch what Ezra does. Sounds like a Pentecostal service. Most of you walk out of here saying, wow, what church we had this morning. The problem is, is you didn't get what you needed to get. Your head is still down. Verse number 8, skip to verse number 8. And they read the book of the law of God clearly. And they gave the sense and caused them to understand the reading. Why didn't the pastor preach? Didn't brother so-and-so really preach? I clearly understand it now. I know you did Wow, what a service we had. You're putting it up on Facebook saying, man, so-and-so brought forth the word. They really preached it. I understand. I clearly see it now. I've I got to find out who I am. I've I, I got I to do something. I've I got to find a place of repentance before, before it's too late. Like as Esau couldn't find a place. I've got I to do this. I understand, Pastor. But People clearly understand. Look, look, this is where I'm just being honest. Can I be transparent? I'm tired. I'm going to say a lot of stupid things. Please forgive me. But this is sometimes how we are. Right. Put it up on Facebook one more time. What a good service we had. The problem is, is your head is still down. Your hands are still up. I, I thank you for appreciating your pastor. You say, wow, we have good preaching and good ministers. And good, a pastor just really preached and brought it forth. And hell yeah, I'm so glad with the promise. Yes, I go home one day saying, didn't they understand what I preached? Hell, stop fighting them if they figure out who they are. Get that, get that. I mean, she talked about the peacemaker and, and speaking to before I get wound up. And, and, and the preaching was made clearly and Ezra was, wow, and verse number 9, and Nehemiah, the governor, and Ezra, the priest, and the scribe, and the Levites who taught the people, said to all the people, this day is a holy to Jehovah your God. Do not mourn or weep. For all the people wept when they heard the words of the law and the preacher was saying, don't weep anymore. Well, it hasn't been fixed yet. Uh, pastor, I don't know what you're talking about. Well, don't weep anymore. Well, Pastor, he hasn't answered my prayer yet, but don't weep anymore. Watch what he says in verse number 10. Then said Ezra, says, uh, Ezra says to them, Then says them, Go, eat the fat, and drink the sweet, and send portions to him for whom nothing is prepared. For this day is holy to our Lord. And do not be sorry, for the joy of Jehovah is your strength. I bet already I've had to start telling people, I'm glad you're fasting, but stop fasting. Eat once in a while. Get happy. Cut that prime rib. Chew on the fat. Drink that pop 
once in a while. I mean, I'm glad you're sacrificing. I'm glad you're trying to hear from God. I'm so glad that you're doing those things. But this is a holy day. This day isn't made for mourning. This day isn't made for your weeping. Because if you don't get joy, you ain't going to have strength to face tomorrow. I want to pray with you real quick, Father. Father, I want the joy of the Lord. For it's going to be my strength to get out of this day, this holy day, and face tomorrow when the enemy is going to meet me. This, this has got to be my time of refreshing. I'm standing here, Jesus, by the water gate, and I've been praying that the flood come through. I've been praying that that gate, I pray that the pastor preaches so good that gate first open and the water comes running out. That's how bad I need my strength. And I'll give you all glory and honor for it, Jesus. In your wonderful name we pray. And everybody said amen. 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 You can be seated. The joy of the Lord is your strength. I don't want you to forget that. If I say it a thousand times this morning, it's because you need to hear it a thousand times. It wasn't... It wasn't the crying and the weeping that was the biggest problem. It, it, it wasn't that they didn't understand the preaching. It wasn't that they didn't understand God's Word. And man, some of you have been preached to so often, you should be saved a billion times over. <laughs> Some of you got so much preaching in you that, that man, you should just be able to walk on water, but it's not working because you don't understand the goal of a holy day. You, you don't understand what the presence of the Lord is supposed to do. I understand that you may weep. I understand that, that some of the stuff you fought this week has been heavy. And you ought to find a place of repentance and you ought, to, you ought to soak tears. I understand all of that. But on one day, would you just give yourself a little break so that you can raise your head and feel the refreshing water that's been held back behind this pulpit made of wood for too long? Do you understand what the altar call is meant for? If you're already saved, I, I want you to understand that God has already forgiven your sins. It's a time of celebration. I know that sacrifice has already been made. Man, you prayed so many sacrificial prayers right now, there's got to be a huge pile in heaven where God showed up and He's waiting for you to lift up your head and say, don't weep any longer. Quit crying about it. Receive the joy for that will be your strength. You can only say you can only stay down for so long. That's right. Amen. Don't you understand? If you truly got resurrection power inside of you, that power ain't to keep you down. That power is to bring you up out of the grave. You can only stay down. You can only keep a good man down for so long because three days is coming, and that's about all you can keep someone down that's truly got resurrection power inside of them. Yeah. Pastor, I've been fighting this for years. Oh, help me, Jesus. Then, then I failed as your pastor. Somehow the water gate has been locked. Somehow the wood pulpit isn't doing what it's supposed to be doing. Well, Pastor, I've understood all the words. Really? Well, they were made clear to me, Pastor. Brother 
But not one of the first scriptures I learned when I became Sunday school teacher was that the doers of God's word not here is only deceiving your own selves. Well, I understood nothing really past what you said, and it's made me weep. Well, baby, after you've heard something good, sometimes you just gonna gotta get out the steak knife and the pork, cut off a piece of the fat, start chewing on it a little bit, get full and refreshed, so you can understand what strength truly is. Help me, Jesus. I want to help somebody. Psalms, uh, you don't have to look at that. I want my wife to put it up. Psalms 30 verse 1. David is about to dedicate the house of David. Well, this psalm is written as a song of dedication. Literally to the tabernacle that in David's time they worshipped at. I mean that tabernacle where they brought sacrifices. That tabernacle where, where they shed the blood. That tabernacle. David said there's something I need you to understand about the house of God. I want you to get this so deeply. I, I want you, David, David, a man after God's own heart, said, Church, if we're going to open this door to this tabernacle, this place of worship, you need to understand something about church. Listen, and this is going to sound funny because I preached last week all about repentance and getting it right. And, oh, help me, Jesus. David says this. This is what you need to know. Here's a few things you need to know about church. By the way, I want you to notice that David never said, oh, help me, Jesus, never mind. I'm going to get in trouble. I'm tired. <laughs> Psalms chapter 30, verse number one says, David said, before, you, before I let you in the door of this church, you got to imagine, the people are gathered. David's about ready to dedicate this tabernacle or this that's called the house of David. He's about ready to dedicate this place. He said, before you get inside that church, before you start messing up the pews, before you even start declaring, I've lost the front row now. I don't even know where to sit anymore. Whether Jimmy's doing announcements, whether Jay Cruz doing announcements, praying for time, and then all these men are preaching. I don't even have a place to sit. Before you start naming your pew. <laughs> Sister Ruthie used to tell me she got her name carved in the pew. <laughs> and then somebody took it over. I'm looking to see if it's still carved up. There used to be one right here. Before you start claiming this is your house, David said, I'm going to sing a song. I'm going to praise. I want you all praise for people to understand what I'm saying. He said, I will, I will extort thee, O Lord, for thou hast lifted me up and hast not made me a foe to rejoice over me. Now, this is literally, this is a church dedication. And he says, God, we're at the front door of the church. And I, I just, I want, before we ever go in there, we, I want you to know that you have lifted me up and got me over some difficult things. Well, if it had not been for God, if it had not been for the church, if I had not prayed that one prayer, David said, that's right, I'm going to, before we ever go into this church, you need to understand it was right there where you got the Holy Ghost. It, it was right there where you prayed that prayer and got it. And said, Brother, Brother Jimmy got up here and said, look at the miracles in this room. That's right, it was right here in this church. We prayed for those miracles. It was right here in this church that God delivered some of those enemies. You need to take an old time remembrance service if we have to look back and say, I remember the night I prayed and God heard my prayer and God delivered me over my head and hands of the enemy. Sometimes you just need to remember what the church has done for you. On the way home, we were talking about the very first ladies' retreat Sister Deb came to. She came back. She was mad at her pastor and mad at 
ladies retreat mad at everybody because I had told her when she goes down to ladies retreat she's going to get the Holy Ghost and she came back and didn't have the Holy Ghost but that Sunday night I showed a video brother Jeff Arnold preaching and standing right here at this altar in front of that little projector that projector right there sister Deb raised her hands began speaking in tongues She was starting to talk about that all the way home. And then I started hearing that she started giving her testimony how Brother Jimmy helped her, how people were helping her, how she came into church. She started listening to all her te testimony. David said, some of you just need to remember what the church has done for you. Come on, hey. Before we go into this building, some of you just need to remember what God has done for you. And I know you walked in with some heavy burdens, and I know that you've got some problems, but can you remember just one time that God got you out of the hand of the enemy and your foes didn't try Can you remember that one time that your baby knelt down, Brother Adam Yards? Can you remember that one time knelt down right here and at five years old received the baptism of the Holy Ghost? Can you think back in that one moment? Come on. Hey, and I know we're growing with our time. Man. We got all kinds of Man, we had, I was freaking out yesterday. Buses broke down. I'm thinking, we got 22 ladies. I got to figure out how to get home from Des Moines, Iowa. I pray to God there was only one or two. I could put them in my van and take them straight home. But now we got problems, Tyler. Bus full of ladies. and They're hungry. We got to get them fed. They're tired. We got to get them napping. And... Brother Lewis, I'll take these problems all day long. I really will. I'll take these problems all day long over me with just two or three. Listen, I am resigning and quitting my job and the church has money in the savings account to pay me a salary so I can be, for the first time in my history, full-time pastor. And, and, and you want to claim because you want to get mad because there's something wrong in the church. Welcome to the problems of church growth. We don't have money to buy a 19 or a 2016 48 passenger air conditioned luxury bus cruiser. We got enough money to buy a beat up old rugged, worn out tire bus that's got to take ladies to ladies retreat. But thank God we got those problems. We're not here struggling, saying how we're going to pay the gas bill. Can somebody take the water bill home pay the water bill? Can somebody go ahead and pay this bill? We're not here saying we can't afford any ministry. We can't afford to bring the vendors in. Thank God. Can you remember what God has done for us? David said before you get in this church, verse number two, he said before we ever dedicate this church, oh Jehovah my God, I cry to you. Can you heal? Yes. Listen, I know you came in sick today, but can you remember three years ago when you walked in with that migraine head? Can you remember five years ago when you walked in with that backdrop? Can you remember 12 years ago when you came in and you couldn't even... Can you remember what God has done? David said, before I let you go sit on my fancy pews, you need to understand, there's been some healing done in this house. Yes, yes. Thank you, Lord. Yes, yes. That Mary 
church is about ready to fail and God healed it. Yes. That, that, that deep emotional wound that you had from the scars that life had thrown at you and beat you up and chewed you up, now you're healed. Right. David said, before you get in this church, yes. you need to understand God healed you. Yes. Yes. Hallelujah. Right. It'll solve a lot of the problems that you start remembering the healing God's already done. And you're worried about God not doing it now? You just need to understand what church this is. I like the old brother Don. I like that old speech. We're hand clapping, foot stomping, tongue talking, Holy Ghost sanctified church. What type of church is this? I love you dearly. I, I really do. I know that we don't sing out of the hymns enough, and I and we should, and I understand that. But there's a generation rising up in Marathon, Iowa, that knows what it's like to get in the presence of God. The songs may sound a little different. The chords may change a little bit. They may not be the exact songs that you used to sing, but let me assure you, they are singing from the bottom of their heart, and they're connecting with God like you did, and they're getting a hold of something very real. Can we remember all? Sister Shirley, like almost two weeks before your accident, you stood out there and started telling me again the healing that God did with your eyes. And I thought, oh, he's a good God. I had forgotten, Sister Shirley, what, what he'd done for your eyes. I went home from that service and that's why Sister Shirley got healed. And then all of a sudden I get the phone call, she's been in a car accident. I thought, oh God, you've done it one time. You can do it again. I remember the healing you've already done. And David said, before you get in this house, you need to understand there's some healing that's happening. Yes. Verse number three, David goes on to say this. He said, Oh Lord, thou hast brought me up my soul from the grave, and thou hast kept me alive that I should not go down to the pit. If you can't get happy over anything else, then you need to start getting happy over the fact that you are saved, yeah. sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost. You're on your way to heaven, that there ain't anything going to stop you right now from walking those streets of gold. If you can't get happy or excited about anything else, and you want to sit there and complain about everything, at least remember you're saved. I ain't going back to the bar. You couldn't drag me back to that pit for nothing. No way. I am so glad I am saved out of that pit. David said, before you get into this house, you need to know there are people that are saved in there. Complain all you want to, but there are people saved in there. Well, they're not living like they're supposed to. I understand, but they're saved. They're repentant of their sins. They're baptized in Jesus' name for the remission of those sins. They're filled with the Holy Ghost. You need to look at what's happening in this house. Before you come into this house on a Sunday morning, I pray to God you stop and start talking to all the people that have been saved and are on their way to heaven that sit on these pews. Last year they called for our report. I, for last year, Easter Sunday, we get this message from the ladies' ministry and says, says, Brother Inger, because, because nobody will ever return their phone calls. The ladies have been tasked now to find out how many people have been um, baptized and filled the Holy Ghost in your church. And I didn't answer. Said another message. I've already attempted to contact you, Brother Inger, and all these other pastors, and we need to know how many people from Easter to Easter have been, been baptized and filled the Holy Ghost. We just need to know that. It's okay. I didn't, I didn't return. 
Then my wife sitting in the chair across from me in, in our little living room, she looks over and she says, uh, the ladies president has just texted me a personal message and said that if, I, if, she, if you won't respond to her, that I'm supposed to find out. I said, I don't know. I lost count. You count them up. So we started pulling up all the pictures of all the baptisms and all the people. 30, over 30 people from Easter to Easter in one year have been baptized and filled with the Holy Ghost. If you can't shout about the salvation that's going on in this church, I don't know what it's going to take to get you happy anymore. Last year, it was almost 40 people, 38 or something like that people, the year before that. Over 60 people, almost 70 people. No, we haven't kept them all. But can you recognize before we come into church on Sunday morning that this is a place of salvation? I, I was thinking of that song, Brother Jim, in this house. There's hope. David said, before you get in and start messing up the carpet in this church, I want you to take a time and just remember all those that aren't going to hell right now. Right on. Verse number four. David says this. Sing unto the Lord, O ye saints of His, and give thanks at the remembrance of His holiness. David said, before we get in, you need to know there's going to be some singing. They may, may not be on key. It, it might not be harmonized. It might be a little loud. It might be a little soft. But David said, you need to understand before you come to this church, there are going to be some singing in there. David said, we're fixing to have church. Okay. If you didn't come and want to sing, stay home. They, they say, you need to understand that what the floodgates are about to open, what the water gates are about to do. You need to understand when that man gets in that pulpit, all the hours of prayer and how he's heard from God and how it's supposed to bring the ministers to you. you. You need to understand when he steps into the pulpit, you need to understand when he steps into the pulpit, what God's about to do. And, and, instead, you, you come in during the singing and your, your head is held down, your hands are up. And you're calling this worship. Now, I'm not saying it's not. I understand what, what has to happen during worship. I understand. I understand that the sacrifice. I understand the tabernacle plan. But this has been your experience for way too long. And you're walking out of here convincing yourself, boy, have I worshiped God. And you walk out of here sorry and grieving and, oh, crying and weeping. And, 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 and it's not the purpose of the church. David said, you need to understand this. This church, we sing because we remember what the holiness of God is. We, we understand. We, we, in this church, when you walk in, David said, I'm, I'm dedicating this place. But you need to understand in this house, it, there's singing going on. I almost told him. Uh, my wife, uh, we started leaving and I had the ladies in, in our band and, and Sister Marla sent a message, what songs do you want to sing tomorrow? And I just, I, I told my wife as we just, we had just gotten on the road, I, I looked over and I said, tell Sister Marla so we're going to sing the wheels on the bus. Go <laughs> she said, no, I can't do that. That might make some people mad. I said, it's a faith song. That's right. They're not going round and round now, but I expect when we start singing, God might start doing something. So I said, let's sing. The wheels on the bus go round and round, round. The people on the bus go. <laughs> but some of you would complain. You'd say, Pastor, that's not my favorite song. 
sing that song. Well, then you don't understand the purpose of singing. The purpose of singing is not to entertain you or to make you happy. You want to say the worship of the song is meant to lift up something inside of you so the waters can flow. After last night when we went to bed, I could have got the Holy Ghost all over again just with the song of wheels on the bus. Go right around. I, I, you think I'm kidding? I am not. I went to bed thinking, how are we going to get that bus home? What are we going to do? And that song came to mind. The wheels on the bus go round. I almost spoke to I got crawl out of bed. Off the car. It's not the words or the music. Man, when Sister Deb got the Holy Ghost, we didn't have the 20-piece band that we have now. In fact, it was just a DVD of Brother Arnold preaching, All God Needs is the Best One. And Sister Deb got the Holy Ghost. There are people in this room that got the Holy Ghost in homes and houses. They got they got in all kinds of places. Some of these churches, I, 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 told, I told Sheldon the other day, I said, you know, it's funny. When I got to Marathon, there were 13. When I got to Storm Lake, there were six. And they were complaining there were only like 15 or 18 there. I'm like, we're ahead. They get a little worried, like we've only got six musicians in Shelton. Man, that sounds like revival to me. Hey, have we really forgotten? Have we really forgotten that that even if if we just got that one little high school student? Katrina 
looking at all those girls that, that gave their best effort, how God moved. I can remember passing 20. I can remember passing 30. I remember passing 40. I remember praying to God, God, if we can just get 50 people. I, I told God one night, if a dog walks in, which was kind of common, or if a cat comes in this building, I'm counting them, God. I don't care what walks in the building. I want to be able to report that there are 50 people that came to church. David said, you need to understand we're doing this for the holiness of God. Yes, right. Come on. It, it, may not, it may not be your type of music. It may not exactly be a rhythm. Brother, brothers and sisters, we're going to have to have a tambourine class. I'm sorry. We're just going to have a tambourine class. I'm not saying you, Brother Larry, but I think you hear some of the other people. I, I, I know you hear some of the other people. And you're like on one beat, and they're all like, I don't even know what beat they're on. There's, there's not even a tempo or time. Oh, help me, Jesus. I'm not going to pick up. Let's go But David said, you need to understand what the purpose of this is. Before I let you in this sanctuary, you need to understand. There's going to be some sand going on in this place, and it's done for God, and it has nothing to do with you. It took almost two years to break 50. I about hewed my guts out in prayer for two years, Brother Jay Cruz, saying, God, if we could just somehow make it past 50 people. We get to 48 and then three, or three people would leave. We get to 42 and then, then two people would leave. We get to 45. Like, God, are we ever going to do it? And then all of a sudden we have a couple piano players. And I, and I said, uh, we lost our drummer. I said, I'm going to bang on those drums until you all go out and win me a... I said it until you win me a drummer. I banged on Now you don't want to be playing anymore. Man, we sang, come let us sing last Thursday or something, since you're big. I was getting mad. Like, Eric, get off those drums. I want to play. Come, that's my song. Exactly. <laughs> now we got so many drummers, i got to figure out who gets to play drums and make people mad that they don't get. I'm like, oh. <laughs> you don't understand when we go to this house. There's really some saying it ain't always gonna sound pretty, but it's done to God. But watch verse five. Yes. Verse five says this: If you're gonna go into this church, you need to understand. For His anger endureth but for a moment, and in His favor is life. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. That's what David put it. He put it when he dedicated the tabernacle. He said, if you're going to go to church, you may come in with your head down. You may come in weeping. You may come in sorrowing. But the purpose of this church is so that joy is the purpose of this church. It's so that you can walk out of here with your strength, which is joy. I know you understood what was preached. I know that you comprehended. I know that you're getting the message. I understand that you're understanding. But if you're not walking out of here with your strength, uh -huh. let's go have ice cream then. We'll get the bus back. We'll load it up. We'll go have popcorn or something. If it's not, if it's not doing what it's supposed to be doing. Ezra stepped in the pulpit and said, no, 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 stop crying, stop crying, stop, stop weeping. Ezra, Ezra, I said, no, 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 this is a holy day, stop crying, please, 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 
Stop crying for the joy of the Lord. Yes, yes, yes. He said, you're not understanding. I'm just saying you're clearly getting it. But, but, but he said, no, 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 please stop crying. It's not to belittle what you're going through. But it's to understand that when you come into David and said, this tabernacle we're about to open up. Remember, this is a dedication prayer. And I, he said, you might weep, but joy is going to come in the morning. Yes. Watch this. I'm almost done. I'm almost done. You quote this scripture all the time. Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ. Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ. With what? Yeah, complete the rest of the verse, please. Which strengthens me. Where does your strength come from? Joy. No wonder you're losing the pass. No, no wonder it's not working. No wonder Monday morning you're saying, I, Pastor, I know it's your night off, but, but i got to really talk to you. <laughs> I should have said that about six or here in this room. <laughs> I'm like, I just preached my guts out Sunday. How could you lose your joy already? <laughs> yes, you can do all things through Christ, but not unless you get the strength and the strength comes from joy. If you don't walk out of here happy, I pray to God that we have a few more drunk services where you sit and laugh your guts out. I pray that it hurts so bad from rolling the ground and laughing that you walk out of here and never have a bad day ever again, understanding that it's the joy of the Lord. That's your strength. I, I, haven't been, I haven't talked to my wife in like four days. I'll be honest, I thanked the board when she came in to, to apply for her license. I said, thank you for scheduling this meeting. I haven't seen my wife in a couple of days. I got to spend like 15 minutes with her. I haven't talked to her yet. I have no idea what's going on later except for I heard somebody laughing about, oh, and sister in here let loose. <laughs> Cheryl was laughing. It started other people laughing. That's about all they got off and they started laughing at the band. I'm like, what? And Misty's saying, God has fixed a lot of hurt. And God has fixed a lot of pain. And God has fixed a lot of hatred. And I'm coming back better. And I'm giving up smoking. Why? Because you got the strength. It was the joy, not the hatred. Stand with me real quick. The very next verse says this. He said, I can, I can make it through anything with the strength of God. Yes, you can, but the strength comes from joy. He said, notwithstanding you have done well, that you didn't communicate with my affliction. Another verse, another translation says, yet you did well in sharing my troubles. Paul says, I can do all things through Christ and strengthens me. Strength comes from joy. And he says, God, when I got the joy, you helped me in my troubles. The reason you're happy, the reason Monday's going to... Tyler, I'm working on it. Some of you got to correct some of the things you say from the pulpit. Black 
I work on suck. I shouldn't say suck. The reason Monday's going to suck for you, so don't do this. I'm correcting myself right in front of you. It's because you're not going to walk out of here today. Because you're not going to walk out of here with joy. And I can already tell you, if you don't get joy today, I can already tell you what your Monday's going to be like. It's going to start off, Pastor, I know this is your day off. But. Hallelujah. And I'm just going to say, I'm going to tell you what my response is tomorrow so you don't get all offended. I'm just going to spend you back a little smiley face, one of those little icon emo things. I have to put a little smiley face, and you ain't going to hear from me from Tuesday till Tuesday. You're like, what does that mean, smiley face? It means that your joy is your strength. And he can help you in your trouble. Isaiah 40, verse 29, last verse, just to hammer this home. Isaiah 20, Isaiah 40 verse 29 says he gives power to the weary. I'm tired. Isaiah 40 verse 29, he gives power to the weary. Isaiah 40 verse 29, he gives power to the weary, to the faint. And to them that have no might, he increases strength. And strength comes by joy. And verse 30 goes on to say, I've got a couple. It says, even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. Even your pastor gets tired. Even our young children get weary. E even, even Brother Tyler, Tyler gets tired. He's like an energized buddy. Right, Brother Jay Cruz, I took, I took them out for breakfast, and we had the privilege of sitting and listening to Tyler speak for the whole hour. <laughs> this guy never never wears out but, but, but he will even, even Tyler's going to need strength right. yes. he, even he's going to get behind the steering wheel of that van and listen to you complain about how horrible it is and say if I could just open my mouth right now I'd rip their head off <laughs> pastor wouldn't let me preach so I better be quiet <laughs> Verse 31 says this, But they that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. And they shall mount up with wings as eagles. And they shall run and not be weary. And they shall walk and not be faint. But the first part of that said, He's got to increase my strength. If I'm going to run, He's got to increase my strength. If I'm not, if I'm going to get out of this weariness, He's got to increase my strength. Yes. He does that through joy. <coughs> the joy of the Lord is my strength. I want you to come to this altar right now. I don't know how He's going to do it, but this water, this floodgate has got to come open. And if it's going to come open, you've got to have be joyful again. Yes, Jesus. Jesus, let me find the joy. David said it this way. He said, God, renew the joy inside of me of your salvation. Find your joy again. You ready to find joy?
Yeah.